The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, you get dehydrated, your blood sugar goes up, you try to piss it out, yeah. and then you get more dehydrated, so it just goes round and round and round and round. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. And we are back for another episode of the Insulone Podcast. Hope everybody's well, and I hope you're ready for another episode of myself and Graham trying to redefine what diabetes is. Graham, what's happening? Owen, I'm pretty good. The sun is shining. What they're saying we're having here in Dublin, I always get confused by this saying, and I probably should just look it up. It's probably very easily Googleable. Is we're having an Indian summer. Actually, I'm just going to do it now. Indian summer meaning. <laughs> because it's unusually hot in the middle of September for now. It's like in the 20 degrees. And I know mm. to American listeners and listeners all around the world, we chart very well in Kenya. We have definitely Kenyan listeners as well. So I'm sure in the mid-20s degrees is nothing for them. But for us... Do we really? Yeah, we, we chart in, <laughs> no in the Kenyan iTunes charts. Wow. It, it popped up Shout there. Shout out so. to anybody in Kenya. I appreciate you listening. Um, That's unreal. Yeah. But it's any spell of warm, quiet, hazy weather that may occur in October or November. So we're nearly there. So that's the definition of an Indian we'll summer. We keep holding on, yeah. holding on for a few more weeks. How has your week been? Have you been making the most of the good weather we're getting here in Ireland? I have indeed, Graeme. So as you've just described, the, the weather has been pretty nice recently. So I went out for a really long walk around... A reservoir around Roundwood. Have you ever done that walk? I haven't. I've I've been to Roundwood a couple of times. I've never done the reservoir. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's really nice. But anyway, so I went on this big long walk. It's probably it's probably like an hour and a half, two hours, but it feels like it's about ten when you're just kind of like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so much like the last time when I spoke about not being prepared for a big long walk. And I think that was a previous episode. I can't remember what number it was, but definitely check it out if you haven't listened, where I just consistently kept going low and going low. I didn't know if I was going to get back to the car. So, oh, this was the one where you were out walking with your parents. 
mm. and you had to just turn around and they didn't really know how bad you actually were. And then you mm. eventually got to a shop. Yeah, I remember that one. So this week went on a similar sort of walk, but was was uh, determined to be better prepare, prepared than it was the last time. So I brought three packets of glucose tablets, right? So went out on this walk. My morning routine had been exactly the same. So I got up, I'd gone to the gym, I had done a bit of work. So my blood sugars were stable. My blood sugars were as I wanted them to be. Went out on this walk and obviously, like I said, it was very long and the sun was shining. So it was very hot. It was, it was actually a really hot day that day. Got a nice tan. But anyway, my blood sugar just kept kind of swerving downwards and just kind of kept coming down coming down now i didn't actually go into a hypo state but i went through pretty much an entire packet of glucose tablets just consistently topping myself up so your blood sugar would kind of come down and then you'd see you'd see the graph looping so you'd top yourself up with a couple of glucose tablets and i was fine the whole way through my pet but at one stage my parents were like how are your how are your blood sugars with this walk now like does the does the sun affect it this that and the other and i was like well now that you mention it because i'm on a big long walk my blood sugars are coming down and the heat and the sunshine is definitely gonna play a role in bringing that down too so i suppose that led to the title of this podcast episode before we get into that i have just a quick question because the last time that happened when you're out with your parents, they only found out that you were having trouble through listening to the podcast afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So were they really conscious now that when you were going out to be kind of making sure you got everything, you were prepared so you didn't have another repeat? I know you were as well, but were they kind of consciously looking out for you as well? Ah, yeah, I think they've, they've probably learned more listening listening to the podcast than they have over the past eight, nine years, which is a good thing. But yeah, sure. Like no matter what age you are, parents are always going to be trying to look out for you and stuff. So comes it comes from a great place, obviously. So uh, they're well informed at this stage. Well, at least I hope they're. Perfect. So this brings us nicely into this week's episode. Last week, we were talking about the 42 factors that affect your blood sugar levels. And you were telling us then that they were broken down into six headings. But then within those six headings, there were subheadings to try and kind of categorize them. But... This week, we're going to talk about one of the headings, which is environment, and more specifically, temperature, which goes nicely into the story where you're out for a walk with uh, in the heat. So tell us exactly about temperature and its effects on blood sugar levels. Absolutely. So obviously, with temperature, there can be, there can be good days and bad days with regard to, I suppose, the heat and the sun shining or how cold it may be. So hot weather and cold weather are going to have both different effects on your on your blood sugar. So let's look at hot weather first. How does hot weather affect your blood sugar? Big part of being out in the sun, being out in the heat, is potentially you could become very dehydrated. So dehydration can, can complicate things for sure if you're living with diabetes. So when you are dehydrated, it can lead to high blood sugar because the glucose in your bloodstream becomes more concentrated. Okay, so when you drink lots of water, when you're well hydrated, it's as if you're kind of diluting that glucose down slightly. So when you have high blood sugar, 
you're going to urinate more because your body's trying to get all that excess glucose out of your body. And then as a result of you urinating more, that leads to further dehydration. So it's almost just like a vicious cycle. Mm. So it's like you get dehydrated, your blood sugar goes up, you try to piss it out, and then you get more dehydrated. So it just goes round and round and round and round. So it's vitally, vitally important for you to consistently stay hydrated when you're out in the sun. So the hot weather, it causes dehydration, which affects your blood sugar levels. Does the hot weather affect anything else? Yeah. So on the opposite side of getting dehydrated and seeing your blood sugar spike, hot weather can also cause your blood vessels to dilate, which will potentially lead your blood sugar to drop. So when you're in hot weather, your blood vessels would dilate, which increases your blood circulation, which enhances the insulin absorption which then can potentially result in low blood sugar. Okay. And Graham, this is a word I've always liked, vasodilation, Ooh. which is oh, very nice. I like it too now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is so it? that's a term used for the widening of blood vessels. And when your blood vessels are widened, you increase blood flow and potentially decrease blood pressure. Okay. And that results in your blood sugar levels dropping? Yeah, because you're basically, I suppose, using that insulin more efficiently. Okay. And as well as being in hot weather, if you actually want to increase your blood circulation naturally, you can do that with leafy greens like spinach or collard greens because they're high in nitrates, which are ions, which your body then converts into nitric oxide which is a potent vasodilator. So just like the good word vasodilation. Uh, You've explained vasodilation to me, but what's a colored green? Like green, leafy greens, isn't it? Just just green, green. I don't know. I've never heard that term. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like leafy greens. Okay, perfect. I just thought that was a... I thought that was just some sort of uh, vegetable that I've never heard of. I go, what's a colored green? I've never had a colored green soup before. Yeah, colored greens are mixed greens i think i'll google it here i'll google it here i'm pretty sure uh greens uh just look up images and you'll know the usual supermarkets in dublin don't seem to stock collard greens that's Mm. what they're saying here that's not for the for the dublin listeners (laughs) it is a variety of cabbage uh sources yeah yeah there's just different types of greens thanks for that You're always learning about diabetes, about vegetables, greens, (laughs) collard, Indian summers, vasodilation, the lot. (laughs) So with hot weather, you can see your blood sugar go high or go low. So the two main things to look out for are avoiding dehydration. So make sure you're drinking loads of water anytime you're out in the sun and Be aware of the fact that your blood vessels can dilate through vasodilation, like we talked about, Graham. (laughs) So your blood sugar may go low. So just be aware that your usual dose of insulin for a meal, let's say before a walk, may be too much if you know you're going out on a walk. Because more often than not, like we've spoken about plenty of times before, when you're doing extended periods of cardio, like walks or jogs or runs, typically you will see your blood sugar go down and then add in high temperatures or sunny weather that's going to play a factor too 
So even when you're trying to have a nice relaxing holiday in a sunny country, we might go to Spain or Malta like we did or Italy. This is a, just another thing you have to worry about, hot weather and how it can affect your blood sugar levels. It's a major part and it has huge, huge influences on your blood sugar. Okay, so that's if we're going on a nice sunny holiday. What if we want to punish ourselves and go somewhere really cold? <laughs> what if it's New York in December and it's freezing? If we want to go to Iceland or we want to try and trek to the North Pole, let's talk about cold weather and how that can affect your blood sugar. So unlike hot weather and that having a physical impact on your blood sugar with dehydration or dilated blood vessels, cold weather doesn't necessarily have massive physical changes it's more so how your routine your schedule your activity or your feelings around the colder darker weather that kind of play a big role in how your blood sugar is okay how so what do you mean so for example if the weather is crappy outside you're less likely to exercise you're less likely to be outdoors moving around and as a result of that, more time indoors usually will result in you eating more food, less exercise. You're not suppressing as, as many cravings as you usually would. So you might end up reaching for foods that are going to have a negative effect on your blood sugar. So how could you combat that? Is it home workouts? Is it just keeping on top of it? Is it a bit of kind of mentality just to kind of mind over matter, like just go out there and do the exercise? How would you recommend overcoming it? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. It's always those kind of everyday decisions that you need to be aware of in terms of like if if I'm reaching for this food rather than that food, because I know it's not going to have such a massive impact on my blood sugar. But as well, yeah, home workouts. You know, you can do stuff like yoga, you can climb the stairs up and down <laughs> loads of times. You can fight your siblings or clean your room, just to keep moving. And actually, now that I mentioned cleaning my room, my blood sugar always drops when I'm cleaning my room. It's so weird. Why? I don't know. It's, weird. it's so it's so weird. Without fail, every single time I clean my room, my blood sugar drops. Well, I think I, that's why I just don't clean my room. <laughs> but surely you've thought about it. Surely you've thought about the psychology of it, the physical aspect of it. Are any of those things coming together? Why, if you could, <laughs> if you could guess as to why the process of cleaning your room, because I actually find cleaning very therapeutic. Obviously, uh, no, I, don't I, I really enjoy cleaning my room. So would that factor into it that you're relaxed? I obviously don't know. I'm just putting out questions here that probably sounds silly but is there any of those factors i'm really intrigued as to why that is associated with your blood sugars dropping i don't know it has to be just because you're you're moving around a lot or something i know vasodilation <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be using that word it's cold it's the winter time i presume as well i know we've talked about it before when you're getting sick that has a big impact and well, we're coming up to flu season now in the mm. Northern Hemisphere. I know we have listeners in the Southern Hemisphere as well. So is that going to have an impact to the cold weather? Yeah, of course. So obviously, I suppose December to February, March is flu season. That's kind of when the virus circulation peaks. So it's a lot more likely that you will get sick, you will get a cold or a flu. And as we know, like we've spoken about plenty of times before, if and when you do get a flu, you do get a cold, it can be a lot more difficult to manage your blood sugars because your body's under such stress, your body is trying to fight off this virus, it's 
dumping glucose into your bloodstream to give to give your body energy to fight it off and obviously that's going to result in blood sugars skyrocketing so it kind of seems like the hot weather is more physical aspects while the cold weather is a lot kind of psychological and i suppose you kind of bring that into the winter blues as well and that can kind of get you down when you wake up in the morning i know especially in ireland you see it's raining constantly will that have effect on it as well yeah absolutely so i suppose during the winter time there's less sunlight there's darker days you don't get as much vitamin d from the sun which is going to have a big impact on your mood and that then can change kind of how you feel in terms of motivation or discipline and that then can translate over into your diabetes management because if you're having days where you're kind of fed up and you know you might not be feeling the best or you're kind of like you don't even want to get out of bed there are days that you don't necessarily want to manage your blood sugars either because you're like oh it's too much effort i just want to do nothing so yeah those winter blues can increase stress increase tiredness and again we've done a full episode on stress but when you're overly stressed or overly anxious about stuff like that, that's going to kick off the fight or flight response in your body. That is going to release hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, which then will result in glucose being dumped into your bloodstream. So yeah, like you said, it's more so with the hot weather, there are physical changes that you need to watch out for. And with cold weather, it's kind of like what the cold weather brings and how you feel around the cold weather your daily routine has changed around the cold weather and as as we all know every aspect of your day plays a role in your blood sugar this may seem like a silly question but your medication and your diabetic supplies are they affected by now probably more more so extreme temperatures of extreme cold and extreme hot would that be affected yeah 100% so insulin itself is meant to be kept cold but not freezing so if your insulin was to be exposed to extreme weather that can basically lead to potency changes in the insulin and it might not be as effective and it just might not work so you could maybe not in ireland but somewhere else across the globe if your if your insulin freezes and you're unaware of that you could still be using the insulin and your blood sugar could just be going up and up and up and up and up because you're not aware of the fact that your insulin isn't working correctly. Okay. And with diabetic supplies, they may not work as well. I remember before I got my CGM, I was finger pricking. So I had the little, you know, the little kind of glucose case yep. that I have, Graham. So I used to obviously bring that everywhere I go and... <laughs> When I was playing football, I used to obviously bring it to training and to matches. And sometimes during the winter, it would be freezing. So I'd leave it in my bag as close as I could to the side of the pitch. So I could check my blood sugar anytime I needed. And on freezing cold days, I would like take a 30 second break to check my blood sugar to see where I'm at. And blood meter just wouldn't work. And I'd be stressing out thinking like, oh, is it broken? Do I need to get a new one? The first couple of times, and then I looked into it, and then I realized that it's because of the temperature that kind of stops it from working. So from then on, anytime I was checking my blood sugar, I had to like put my blood meter underneath my armpit at the side of the pitch to try and warm it up so I could use it again. 
but as well, it was it's awkward because if you're playing sport and you're running around and you're sweaty and your heart's pumping and you could be even slightly dizzy, you want to know what your blood sugar is at so you're sure and so so you know that you're safe to continue because those signs and symptoms can be confused for highs or lows. Mm. So that's why it's so important to know exactly where you're at while you're exercising. So when I was rushing to the side of the pitch to check my blood sugar, my blood meter isn't working. I've no idea what my blood sugar is at because I'm in the middle of playing sport. So blood meter underneath the armpit, hopefully warm it up and uh, <laughs> then you can check your blood sugar. Apart from putting your meter underneath your armpit, <laughs> do you have any other tips on how to keep your blood sugar steady during the cold weather? So like everything else with diabetes, the number one the number one thing you need to do is monitor your blood sugar at all times as frequently as you can. The more you see your blood sugar, the more you can associate certain feelings with the number on your meter. So you can then become more aware of how you feel. So Number one, check your blood sugar. I know it's it's tough in cold weather and it could be raining and it could be icy or snowy, but it's so important to try and stick to some sort of steady routine with regard to exercise. You know, even if that's getting up and doing 10 minutes of jumping jacks in, in your sitting room every morning or or a few sit-ups or push-ups or squats or whatever it is, just to kind of keep your body moving because that's going to help suppress cravings. That's going to help keep your insulin sensitivity high. And exercise is just like an irreplaceable tool for, for your diabetes. And try not to see kind of being stuck indoors during the wintertime always as a negative. You can move. You can focus on other things. And I suppose a good way to look at it is to use it as a time to focus on your diabetes management because inevitably you're not going to be out and about as much as you would be in the summertime so use that time to educate yourself more about your diabetes check your blood sugar more see how certain foods will affect you when you may not have had the time in the past i remember i was recently chatting to a friend i think it was actually one of the days last week He's probably listening down now, so he'll know that I'm talking about him. <laughs> Shout out Owen's friend. So, so we were talking about all things diabetes, but he was telling me how he's kind of gained a lot since being on lockdown with the virus because I suppose, when did we go out in lockdown? March to now, basically. So he's used these six, seven months to really kind of hone in his focus on his diabetes management and he's like super super meticulous about everything and super tedious about how he looks after it and he has amazing management and he 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 always thought that he doesn't have as good management than he does but i was like hold on a second here like your management's unreal mm. and it's so good because he works so hard to keep it steady and he he admittedly said it that i suppose pre-lockdown you can kind of get into different routines and stuff, but he really, really kind of focused on those six, seven months to to master the craft of diabetes, I guess. Nice one. So there we go. Temperature covered within the temperature as a subheading covered within the heading of environment, which is one of the six within the 42 factors affecting your blood sugar levels. And over the next couple of weeks as well, we will be touching on more of those headings. 
uh, within the 42 factors that affect your blood sugar levels. As we always say, if you want to contact Owen, if you've got a question, we love seeing them come through in our inbox. You can email theinsulaowenpodcast at gmail.com with whatever you can. And Owen, fitter, healthier, happier project. How's that going? Yeah, really good. We've got some signups. Really, really excited for it. And we are starting on the 5th of October. So if you are listening right now and you want to get fitter, you want to get healthier, you want to get happier, definitely get involved. This is for all ages. This is for men and women, but only for diabetics. So I can't enter. have it. No, you can't. Well, I wouldn't let you anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just for diabetics, it's an eight week program. Any level of fitness or experience with regard to exercise and nutrition, all welcome. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to move towards your goals. You're going to feel healthier. You're going to feel fitter. You're going to feel happier. And it's leading into the holiday season. So a perfect time to start focusing on your health and your overall diabetes management. Kind of just give me a little bit of a sprinkle of what is on offer if I do sign up. So you said it's for eight weeks. What would I get within the eight weeks? Well, you won't get anything because you're not allowed to sign on. But if a diabetic signs on, so it's an eight-week program. You get a custom nutrition plan, custom workout plan, macronutrient breakdown, which is proteins, fats, carbohydrates. You have the eight weeks of workouts. You get the insulin recipe books, which have 85 plus recipes in there of high protein and low carb recipes. You have access to our private diabetic Facebook group so you can connect with all the other diabetics around the world. (gasps) And you have constant support and guidance from myself. There will also be weekly check-ins, measurements, weight, photo updates, so I can ensure that you're always on the right track to where you want to go. And I'm going to cover a diabetes management topic every week. So be sure to look it up on my website at insulone.com. You can sign up directly through the website or else you can get in touch with me personally and I can help answer any questions you may have. But you can sign up directly and I hope to see you there. I only got how many weeks now till I have to get diabetes so I can sign up? Not long, <laughs> not long left. You've only about two left. Come on, Graham. Owen, a pleasure as always. Absolutely. Always good to chat to you, Graham, and always good to help redefine diabetes. All right, good luck. Have a good okay. week.